Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by Kay Sedai of the Blue Aja. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. No eye can see the pattern until it is woven. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded, and we have answered the call. Today we are covering The Great Hunt, chapters 20 through 27. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as it feels great to be back. You know, we it's... It feels like, you know, we do this on the 1st and the 15th, so sometimes that 15th to the 1st is kind of a big stretch. Yeah. But uh, fortunately, there's been a lot of news, right? Wheel of Time kind of news with the, oh, yeah. with the TV show keeping us going. You and I have been doing some stuff on the side, some YouTube content uh, yep. to keep you guys... Uh, Keep keep you guys uh, you know going with with our wheel of time content here. So we'll we'll touch on that here in a second. But yeah, man, it just feels good. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's been uh, I, as you say, it's been a, a little bit longer uh, than than last time, and we've had gosh, like adjustments, just like everyone else, you know, adjusting adjustments in like recording and and um, production and everything like that. But it's been it's been good, and it's it feels good to get back into this series and to have this series you know, to turn to during a time like this when uh, there's a lot going on in the world. So it's just fantastic because Rand is on a journey. Um, Egwene and Nynaeve are are really in thick now with the Aes Sedai. It's, it's getting, you know, I mean, I, where you're at right now, I mean, is it's, it's good, right? I mean, you're in thick here, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we're getting, it's things are getting real serious, man, right? You know, there's this, kind of back and forth right with uh <laughs> with with artifacts uh uh-huh. being taken and um Nynaeve and Egwene are continuing their journey and you know and training to become Aes Sedai Rand and you know the other guys are out there kind of doing their thing we got a huge character coming back into the yeah. fold yeah there's <laughs> a lot there's a lot to break down today yeah so so yeah that's awesome yeah I, I'm, I'm excited to, to cover um you know chapters 20 through 27 so uh, but before we do that, let's jump over to the village council here and let's, I guess, just talk about some of that news. Um, I was going to go to Jordan Con and, and I had like 
everything arranged to go. I was I was super um, excited. My cousin, I had a place to stay there in Atlanta. And, you know, obviously that didn't happen, but they did something really cool and they continued this virtual panel uh, with Rafe Judkins showing up. And I was just blown away. I was like, this this is amazing. This is absolutely awesome. And I don't think that could have happened, right, if, if this wouldn't have been virtual. Maybe you could have been in like a, you know, like a hall or a room and they could have put them up on the big screen or something and that would have been a cool surprise. But I don't think this was planned until uh, all of these closures and stuff started to happen and we got some pretty cool information on the show yes we did yes we did um yeah so we we talked about this a little bit we did a youtube video um on on this but let's talk about it here as well they talked about kind of the show right that there's going to be there's 16 episodes written they're going to be eight episode seasons and that's pretty big pretty telling you know i guess hopefully looking for around eight seasons um you know maybe more maybe you know just depends on how how well it's received and everything but that has got ez and i talking a lot about okay if that's kind of a a good place to look eight episodes eight um possible seasons what what do we cut what do we keep and that's what we've been doing over on youtube right We've been doing the we're going to we've started this series of this is what I think episode one is going to be. This is what I think episode two is going to be. You can pull some stuff from here. You can shift some stuff back. You can uh, maybe keep this key moment, have another character do it. Uh, do we keep uh, all of Rand's wives? Right. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a you know, that's a debate. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we did it. We did a video on that. Just trying to look at, you know, with with this, there's so much content. Right. You just you're not going to be able to keep it all. I mean, just it's impossible. So if you what do you what are we we're kind of speculating on? What do we think they're going to do? Um, so we've been doing that over in the YouTube. But a lot of that, I mean, that all kind of comes from that that comment he made in that Jordan Con video where now we know a little more of a framework of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would encourage all of our listeners too, um, you know, just to go to YouTube, type in Heroes of the Horn and go subscribe to our channel. We are going to be really upping the uh, production of our YouTube channel. It's going to be fantastic. So we're going to continue as usual here with the podcast and keep learning more and diving deeper. Uh, but I am going to kind of accelerate things over there. It's going to be, it's fantastic. And and as Sir Matt has said, you know, this conversation, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and, I guess kind of give you guys another little update here. Um, we we're looking at uh, like the casting, and we're looking at individuals who've been cast and and casting announcements that haven't been made. Are those just secret, and they are just trying? Those are going to be big surprises for us, and or is it that people are looking to say, well, maybe that's an indication that they are going to cut that character because that character hasn't been announced yet. I, we we just don't know, and it's just kind of fun to speculate and to think about. You know, I hope they keep it as close to the series as they can, but. Um, and we mentioned this again on on YouTube, but Brandon Sanderson kind of came out and said uh, in in a, in a blog post that there were some things he really liked about their the, their, the changes and that it made sense uh, going from this big book series to a TV show, and there were some things that maybe um, he wouldn't have done, you know, or or that maybe weren't uh, that he wasn't quite sure about yet. And again, you take that with a grain of salt because I mean, how, how involved is he? You know, like like all of that. Um, it's it's just kind of tough and there's a lot i'm sure of conversations going on i would just i think about those conversations about what they're going to do what they're going to keep what they're going to cut and it just 
it gets me fired up. I wish I were there like listening and I could just sit in on this and not that I would even want to add my two cents. I just want to see it's such a big decision and such a, a, a beloved series that it's, it's a lot. And I guess I was encouraged listening to Rafe Judkins talk about this and hearing about his passion and how he, you know, immediately wanted to sign up to be the showrunner and to work on writing this and have all of the scripts done uh, for the first two seasons and to be really way ahead and to be thinking and planning ahead on this and, and not be kind of, um, you know, like, like unprepared. I mean, he seems extremely prepared and they have a really good plan uh, seemingly going forward. So we're actually speculating there may even be a trailer this summer. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, you know, if, even if they have six done right now, I think that's still plenty to do a trailer. I, I, you know, a, a teaser at least, I mean, something where you can uh, get the fans, get the fans hype, kind of see what it looks like and get the, you know, get the motor rolling around and mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, again, so so we're excited about that. That was a great panel. If you haven't had a chance to go check that out and to follow Jordan Khan and and look at that, the Dusty Wheel also was the was the main host there and kind of had a panel um, of some really cool Wheel of Time individuals who have been uh, in this fandom for a long time. And it was neat. It was neat to hear also that they're very uh, that this community and this fandom is is open for everyone. Like that, you want more people to come experience this. Like. It is a lot of reading. It is a big series. It is pretty intense. Um, but I know I, I've, I've had friends where it's like I've read it and I so want them to experience it with me. And that is exactly what Sir and Matt and I are doing. Like that is the it's it's the coolest part, I think, about this podcast is that you're taking a friend. And so we're hoping you're grabbing friends and saying, hey, you know, here's my book. Borrow it. Read it. Um, go crazy. Let me know what you think. And then let's talk about it because it's it's just wonderful. Now, um, another exciting thing was, and I don't, I don't have her name in front of me, um, but we had a director, and I don't know, this was in, a shout out to the Daily Trollic Reddit, um, who keeps us kind of up to date on a lot of different things and has been sharing some of our YouTube content there. We super appreciate that. That was, that was very kind, and we've been doing some response videos on Friday to that. But um, we had this director talking about the production level, like the intensity, like two months of prep to prep for two episodes that uh, she directed. And yeah, I think her name is Sally Whitefield. Whitefield. Okay. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So thanks for that. I mean, that's, so it's like, yeah, I mean, you, you saw it, sir, Matt. She, she seemed like this was way beyond what a typical TV show production would, would be. It seemed like it was, um, it, it took way longer to film it wasn't your your standard filming day sessions. It was much longer. So they're really putting a lot into this. And that just made me feel good. That made me think, all right, wow, we're, we're taking this serious and we're going for it. We're going for everything. So, yeah, absolutely. She talked about how normally it's uh, it's like six days, right? Maybe, you know, maybe two weeks, just depending on the source material and everything. Um, she was like, this is like three weeks. Uh, and she said, you know, you have casting of you know, there's 300 characters, right? In this big yeah. open field, you have horses, you have fantasy armor and stuff to pick out. So, you know, we, she directs episodes. Um, oh, I just, I just had it up here. She directs episodes, I think five and six. Okay. Um, so that's kind of, now that we have that, that's something to kind of take in. I mean, if she's got all of these characters, you know, okay, what are we thinking for episode five <laughs> and six? Because uh, we did a YouTube video where we're saying, we think episodes five and six is going to be around the end of the Eye of the World, the first book. And then um, we'll get to, you know, save some of the rest for the rest of our YouTube videos about where we sure. think the season one will end. But yeah, um, 
Yeah. Uh, so that to me, I mean, if it's not, and then if it's, it might be either further into a great hunt. Some people are saying, okay, maybe you do four, you know, we, we did the math last night and we were saying, okay, well, you know, you've got 15 bucks, including new spring. And then you, uh, say eight seasons, eight episodes a season that give you four episodes a book which would be like a crazy pace to think about. I mean, that's a crazy mm-hmm. pace to think about unless you're just going at it with the mindset of, well, you know, 50 minutes. Okay. So 50 times four, you know, roughly, eh, I mean, that would put you at like, you just got to go at it as a movie. I mean, mm-hmm. okay. Four episodes basically just say we're making a movie. We get this, this, we get this much time and we're making a movie per book, but it's just going to be in four episodes. So, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. It is, it is, but it's, it's exciting to see though, that they, that, um, I I guess it's just, it's such a high production. It was, it was encouraging to hear Brandon Sanderson, uh, Rafe Judkins going to come out and say that they had saw some of the episodes and that it just, you know, was, was amazing to kind of see people were asking about like, what we see behind the scenes stuff. And, and it was really cool to hear his answer. He's like, you're going to want to see Moraine first, like, not like you're going to want to see her, you know, in costume and everything, not like us putting that on or doing makeup or anything. He goes, just wait till you see it. Like, wow. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's go. Like, that's, that's pretty cool. So, um, it's just really exciting. And, and I'm really hoping we do have a trailer this, um, this summer and, and we just get ready to go. So as, as you said, if they have six and they're working on episode seven and eight, and they just had to take sort of, you know, a break because of the pandemic and everything. Uh, I think we'll, they're going to get right back after it and, and kind of get that finished up. And it may still be, um, it might be delayed a little bit, but I don't know that it's going to be as delayed as, as we thought. You know, this yeah. seems like this is going to be a big comeback. Um, and this is something that Amazon's going to push really hard. Oh, absolutely. I think this is their, this is their baby. I mean, I keep telling people. You know, it's like a year. Uh, trust me, a year from now, you'll know what Wheel of Time is. I mean, Amazon is this is their Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. This is their Lord of the Rings. They are clearly, clearly pushing hard on this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's exciting. So this, so there's that. Um, all right. Well, if you guys have more thoughts on the on the show or you want to, you know, share something again, send that to the Horn of Valir uh, at gmail.com and we will respond. Or if you've got some news or if you're an insider, uh, you want to trade some secrets with us? Let us know. <laughs> so that'd be kind of that'd be kind of cool. Um, and another quick update here. So on our extended edition, uh, you guys will have um, the the one that we posted a little bit later that I that I just recently did, and you'll have this one after this episode. We're gonna start to kind of share some of what's coming up here for the podcast and the YouTube channel, and maybe get some of our patrons a little bit more involved in that, and increase some of those uh, Patreon rewards to include YouTube uh, rewards as well. So. Uh, look forward to that. A lot of just cool, fun, uh, exciting stuff, and we want this to be a good time for everyone. So, absolutely. All right, all right. Um, so let's let's see here. So we have a discussion thread from last uh, uh, episode, and I want to pull this up and just sort of talk to Sir Matt about some of what's going on in here. The the main there was a little bit of a thread, a little back and forth here about um, about more rain and and rand and why rand is so um why doesn't he listen to to moraine and and so people were just kind of going back and forth in here i thought i'd get sir matt in on this conversation you had sir james sir david uh sir craig were going back and forth about this in in our last uh thread and just how it's driving them mad you know as as a in your first time through 
why can't he see that Moraine is is you know good and that she is fighting the shadow? Um, right? What's 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 the confusion? Uh, why not just completely let her guide him, Sir Matt? Well, I think part of it is you know you when you think about. You know, I mean, you, you think about when you're when you're younger, right? Uh, it's that kind of you think about the age of these people that kind of like in some ways that like teenage rebellious, uh, you know, era where you're, you know, we're in where you think, you know, better or you think, you know, you know, the way things are and the way things should be. Um, I think I think it's too big and broad of a picture for Rand right now to understand and so he can't begin to imagine, you know, wars that, you know, have to go on with eons of time and ages past and all of this stuff. And this is all happening to him. So I think, you know, there's some confusion. There's I, I think there's just a, I think it's just a lot for him to, to process and handle. And mm-hmm. so he ha- he wants answers and Moraine isn't able to give him, you know, direct answers. They let him go. Right. They just. Right. He, he he thinks it's going to go one way. It doesn't. And so I think that's just kind of where he's at. Yeah, for sure. And, and I would even add to that, like a, a lot of what he's being told by a character we really like, Tom Marilyn, our Gleeman, uh, is, you know, just his experiences with Aes Sedai. I mean, from the start of the series, what's said about Aes Sedai is not that great. Um, you got you got white cloaks out there calling him dark friends. So it's just like. As we learn more and we grow, we start to understand really uh, who's fighting the shadow. Are you fighting for the light or are you fighting for the shadow? And and that kind of becomes revealed. Um, another thing to add to that is that Rand is having these dreams where basically he's being told uh, by Baalzaman that he's going to be put on a leash. They're going to leash him and that he is he's essentially going to do their bidding. And I think it's just a lot for, as you say, it's a lot for him to accept. It's a lot for him to to kind of wrap his mind around and he's being pulled in a lot of different directions. And that, I think, is, is, is what, what's, what's tough. He wants to make his own decisions. He wants to do um, what's right. He actually really wants nothing to do with this at all, right? I mean, he, wants to, he doesn't want to be, um, you know, what they are kind of pushing him to be. So, like, like if you were to tell him he's not from Emmons Field, that, that upsets him. And I almost corrected you earlier, sir, Matt, when you said, you know, uh, you were talking uh, about these upcoming batch of chapters and you said, Rand, this, Rand, that. I almost said, it's Lord Rand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be known. I mean, so that like, that's the big deal is that he's, he's slowly becoming this Lord and he is so sick of it. He doesn't want people to, you know, why are they calling me that? What, what is going on? They think Huron is, is, is his uh, servant, you know? So it's just kind of funny to see him go through this. And that's, when I listened to some interviews with Robert Jordan and him talking about the idea that this person, you know, would not just say, okay, yeah, Gandalf, I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to, you know, follow and, and do uh, what you say is right. And you're going to be, I'm, I'm going to hang on every word that you say. It's not really that. I mean, it is sort of uh, someone trying to struggle with being pulled to the shadow and to the light and here and there and everything. And they've got to kind of take all of that in and then decide what to do. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a yep. great discussion there. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So with that, I guess you know it's it's uh, we are moving on into the reread here, and uh, we will kind of just do a quick little rundown of the chapters. I think we're in chapter twenty through twenty-seven. Yeah, absolutely. So, chapter twenty, Rand encounters a strange object that entices him to draw heavy on Sidine. Chapter twenty-one, Rand and company spend the night at an inn where they attract unwanted attention. 
22, Moraine visits two elderly Aes Sedai to learn more of the prophecies of the dragon and is attacked by a warded Drakkar. 23, Nynaeve takes her test for the for accepted. 24, Egwene meets Elaine, Gawain, Galad, and Min. So that's a big that's a big chapter. Um, chapter 25, Rand arrives in Kyrian and discovers Tom is alive and performing there. <laughs> 26, Rand visits Tom, who tells him a little of the prophecies of the dragon. And 27, trying to avoid Trollocs, Rand and Loyal accidentally destroy an Illuminator's chapter house. Yeah, you know, as uh, one of the uh, the things that um, we're going to be talking about today is I, I had to check which podcast we were on, because as I'm going through these chapters, I'm like, are we playing the Game of Thrones here or yeah, what I know. are we doing? <laughs> right. I, I like, know. Hold on a second. Day is tomorrow. Uh, is, this right, I, I, is this the right? Cha- is this the right? You know, uh-huh, book uh-huh. I'm reading here. Yeah, that was really cool. And that's actually I think the details in the intricacy of that. Uh, is something I was just kind of brainstorming uh, before we started this episode that we're going to touch on for sure in this episode, but then to go to it in more depth, I think we'll take that to the extended edition um, because we, in, in the past episodes, we want to focus now more on the tower. We we need to give Nynaeve and Egwene and, and others there a lot of attention and, and see sort of what the hierarchy, the structure, you know, what it's like there at Tarvalon. But Deus Damar is huge and it's a big deal and we do need to talk about it. And then we'll go in more detail, and it's going to be something that uh, it, that is important to the series. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. So all right, as well. Um, I think you know, last time we did that thing where we kind of go through and just talk a little bit about each each chapter. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah, I was, think yeah, I think that's kind of how we're going to do it again today. So you know, chapter twenty, right? Rand encounters a strange object that entices him to draw heavily on. Sidine, right? So, you know, we kind of start off there. Celine wants to see the Horn of Valir again. She wants to see it a lot. Uh, yeah, she does. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. 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 What did you think? I mean, what did you think about that? So she's often asking him to pull out the horn, right? Mm-hmm. Let me see it. And mm-hmm. and uh I just think it's 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 crazy. And she sometimes isn't even asking Rand. She's saying to Loyal, show it to me again. And Loyal instantly turns and starts to open it. And Rand goes, hey, 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 Loyal. (laughs) It's just kind of funny. Um, Yeah, the mystery with Celine just continues to kind of grow, right? Then she leaves, right? You know, uh, later later in our reading, she she takes off, right? Yeah, Um, yeah. So, yeah, again, there's something odd about her. You know, she is another person kind of persuading Rand to not, you know, really trust mm-hmm. the Aes Sedai. Uh, yeah, there's definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. she certainly uh, does not like the Aes Sedai, right? So that's just, you know, another another obstacle he's going to have to he's going to have to overcome, right? You know, and right. Rand asks again. He asks her, "Are you know, are you are you sure you're not Aes Sedai, right?" And she freaks out again. You know, oh, she always, freaks out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she hates that. She hates that. I mean, it just it just sort of um, and and why, right? I mean, that, that's the big question. Why is she so upset and so ticked that he is calling her an Aes Sedai? She knows things that she shouldn't know, and she's super curious about these objects. And she seems to have a very um, g- like a good idea of what she wants Rand to do and and what he should be doing actually. And this glory 
that he should be seeking. One thing that's interesting he notes about her, and I just, as I was listening um, again today as we were getting ready for this, um, he says that she doesn't look ageless, she, that she actually looks young. She, she looks um, the same age as him. Um, and unlike an Aes Sedai, she doesn't have that ageless appearance. And so I was like, wow, okay, you know, um, just kind of thinking more about that because that's some, that's where he was drawing a distinction between her and an Aes Sedai. It's a little different, you know? Um, yeah. But yet yeah. he still kind of feels like maybe she's somewhat related. He can't, he can't quite tell. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is interesting that she has the knowledge that she has and she wouldn't be an Aes Sedai. That's, you know, that's pretty odd. I mean, we see that later, right, with, with men in that they talk about, you know, within that chapter with Elaine and Egwene and men, where they talk about how the Aes Sedai are studying men because how does she know these things? How does she have these these kind of prophecies and, and things that she can see? And she's not an Aes Sedai. So, I mean, later we see the Aes Sedai struggling, or not really struggling, but certainly inquiring about this person who has these abilities that she shouldn't have. And then here you also have Celine on the other side, who is kind of similar in that way, where she knows a lot of things that it, it would be, mm -hmm. you know, how would you, how would you learn this stuff? Yeah. That whole bit with the portal stone was, was just in, in our last episode is, is fascinating. And I'm fascinated by portal stones and their use in this series. And so we'll talk more about that later, but, but yeah, she definitely had a knowledge that, um, I mean, like, like loyal who is older and who who has been at steadings and has been studying these things and is reading ancient text. I mean, she seems to almost know more than than he does, right? Mm. And mm -hmm. that's a lot. That's a lot for just someone random who we kind of uh, in, encounter on the road. So, so yeah, more more on her later. Now, as, as they're moving along here, one one of the coolest things, um, as as we start this is Rand being drawn to this statue. What did you think about that? I mean, he's being drawn towards this, um. This statue looks like a man uh, holding a crystal sphere, and it's massive. I mean, massive. Like, I mean, like, I don't know how big they say it is, but like, like we're talking like Statue of Liberty size, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like just huge, just huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so as he's right, you know, as he's the statue is kind of calling to him, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, and then actually through it, he summons, you know, Sidene. Right? Uh. It's like unconsciously kind of being <laughs> summoned through him, right? So there's def that's definitely you know really interesting, right? And so he he's kind of trying, he's trying, then he's kind of trying to fight it a little bit. He lets go, you know, but it stays in place, and then he starts to mumble something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, till shade is gone, till water is gone, into the shadow with teeth barred, to uh, spit. And uh, Sightbringer's Eye on the Last Day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he he's kind of goes into almost like a trance, and he's, he's there. Um, the, the, he talks about the singing and how it's running down his bones, and he can just feel it to his very core. Um, and actually, it is a struggle. I mean, he's even trying to escape and, and to not uh, touch the power there, to not touch the source, because... He doesn't want to. That's his whole thing. He's trying not to do that, but it was inescapable. He couldn't. He couldn't help it. And the whole time, you know, Celine is kind of freaking out. Like, don't we? We need to leave now. Like, we need to get away from here. I mean, she's she's super scared, uh, you know, about this. And and it's played off as if she's scared about the guards, and this is not something we should be looking at because there, there's guards. They're protecting it, which means that it's important and it's valuable to someone. And here we are, 
um, with what defense, you know, I mean, it's, it's, and by the way, we're carrying the horn of Valir, right? I right. mean, like everyone's looking for this thing and we're carrying for it. And, and what Rand throws a blanket on top of it and says that it's, it's uh Celine's wardrobe, you know, or something. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and later, um, Later we get to, uh, you know, after Ran and Tom have their talk, we kind of learn, you know, this is, you know, jumping a little bit ahead to like chapter 27 uh, and a little bit in like 28 and 9. Um, yeah. You know, Ran's talking, Tom kind of tells him about, you know, I, I knew somebody that could channel, right? Like I had a relative, I think it's his cousin or something, mm-hmm. right? That, nephew? That could, yeah. yeah. Tom? Nephew, yeah. yeah. Exactly. His nephew that could channel. And so, you know, he talks about how long it was that he could go before he went kind of mad and so we see a little bit later with Rand thinking, well, you know, okay, he's he's kind of like doing the math, right? Where he's like, hey, you probably channeled like three hundred times, you know, like I could probably like and he's kind of starts, yeah. starts like weighing it in his head a little bit, like, okay, well, you know, maybe if I just do it this one time, it'll be okay. And then, you right, know, like, right, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're starting to figure out like how much time do I have? Let me just see what I can enjoy here before I go crazy and and destroy everything. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, that's how funny. many how many times can I channel you know, channel before I go before I go crazy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So moving on from there, I mean, they really do draw the attention of these, of this, uh, unit of these guards and these individuals who are working. And again, this is a big sort of like, it's a dig. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but they're, they're digging, right? It's, it's this excavation where they're, they're trying to get whatever this is from the ground up so they can see it in full and, and maybe study it or understand it. Um, the crystal sphere obviously is out of the ground. And I forgot to mention too, by the way, that that um, Rand is reminded, Bail Doman reminds him that there is another one like this and where its hand is just sticking out of the ground also holding a sphere, or I think it's a sphere. Um, so, so yeah, that was kind of interesting. There, there's a connection that there may be another one elsewhere, which mm-hmm. which was cool. So anyways, we, we got to keep that in mind, I guess, as we move forward. Um, now, in, in Chapter 21, this is where they go to spend a night um, at the Nine Rings Inn which mm-hmm. which is interesting. And by the way, I have to mention at this point too that uh and I was watching an interview and I've seen other people talk about this. You know, Robert Jordan was a huge fan of Tolkien, right? And he was a huge fan. And so there are so many little tiny nods. It's sort of his, his modern day take in his retelling of that in 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 a great way. And so every time I come across a reference, I'm just thinking, you know, this is a guy who grew up reading that and loving it and it 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 fueled this passion for him to write this world that was in his head for us to experience and it's just fantastic. So anyways, they're at the nine rings in and they are, they're here and they're drawing this unwanted attention to themselves um, for a lot of different reasons. Rand's always in this unique uh, company. And do you remember back to the portal stone when uh, he had another dream and Balsamon was sort of like interested in his companions and is always interested in who he's traveling with and, and says that he, he always did draw in these these very unique, interesting individuals and always had this this kind of diverse cast around him. So I thought that was kind of interesting that not only does Balsamon notice that, but then innkeepers and, and other people, captains and guards and stuff like that will start to notice that, yeah, this guy's got a, that's an interesting group. You, I mean, you have an Ogier walking through. Uh, you have someone who looks like they're an Aielman uh, with, an, with a heron marked blade. Um, and they're walking with this beautiful woman. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's interesting. And then on top of that, when he opens his mouth, he's saying he's from Andor. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's not from where they think he should be. And he, and he, even if he was from there, he's not dressed like he should be. So it's just, 
it's fascinating. So he's definitely drawing that attention uh, to himself. And one of the things that's interesting is that you, you kind of forget that he has this flute case. And this is, we're going to tie this into Tom Marilyn later, but like he's, he can play the flute and they think it's urine. They think urine should be right. the one, you know, to kind of uh, get up there and play a bit, which I wish he would have, you know, I right. wish all he, urine would have right. given it well, a go. Yeah. And then, right. And then, you know, then later they, later he's asked, right. You know, if, if Rand will, will play and then they kind of freak out because they think he's a Lord and like, Oh, I'm sorry. I never would have, you know, I never would have asked. Right. right, you know, like yeah, later in the reading, which is the whole Lord Rand thing. I like, I'm sure it's going to be something later because they just keep. It's just it's brought up so much, right? Where people call him Lord, although they don't, although he's not yeah. actually a Lord, and yeah, right, right, yeah. It's well, I, right now. It's it's um, it's humor too for, for for us as readers because you're seeing Rand struggle with this. We know who he is. We know that he was a sheep herder. You know, Land knows it. He calls him a sheep herder all the time. Right. Right. Um. So just kind of funny. And it's also funny that that Lan is the one who knows him as a sheep herder, calls him that, reminds him of that often, but yet was the one to dress him up in front of the Omerlin and make sure that he looked like he looked the part, you know, which I was just like, wow. Uh, yeah. Which, by the way, more rain in the next chapter, we'll get there, uh, kind of ask him about, you know, like, what what is up with you? Why did you do that? So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, let's just go ahead and jump into the uh into the next chapter there. Chapter 22 is when Moraine visits two elderly Aes Sedai to learn more of the prophecies of the dragon and is attacked by a warded Drakkar, right? So mm -hmm. it kind of starts off. She's kind of sitting at this table. got a bunch of, you know, scrolls, manuscripts over it. Uh, in the house of the twin Aes Sedai, uh, Van Deen and Adilus in Arafel. Mm -hmm. Arafel. Mm -hmm. Arafel, yeah. yeah. Some of these new names, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and these don't come up too, too often, actually. I mean, RFL does, but like, yeah, she's visiting these two um, older twin Aes Sedai um, sisters. Yeah. So right. and she talks mostly to Van Deen. Yeah. Yeah. So um, th then she kind of just is like, okay, so she kind of gets past some of that, right? She just kind of gets frustrated because she can't figure anything out. Uh, and then she starts to have a conversation with Lan, right? About like, you know, just some backstory, how they met um his bond you know their connection and she's just kind of like asking him right um you know lan just is just kind of like yeah everything's everything's fine but i think really ultimately it's kind of like you know moraine clearly has to has to see lan and nynaeve's relationship uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, so that's that's sort of the thing is she questions his loyalty. Like, would he actually die for her? Is he is he still as committed as he once was? Because Moraine is not just any. I mean, I, again, all the Aes Sedai are awesome and they all play a part and they all are, you know, a big deal. But um, she is is specifically on this quest to find the Dragon Reborn. I mean, flat out, she said that, and she is she has literally been seeking and she's fighting the shadow wherever she can. So, Lan is a great fighter. He's a great warder, and because of Malkier and because of everything that happened and him wanting to just maybe almost like he didn't really care about his life, like like he didn't have um, his purpose was just to fight the shadow. That was it. Now he has fallen in love. Yeah, you know, and it's like it's like so she sees like there's this. Um, conflict in him and and she's trying to to ask him if he's okay uh it's it's fascinating and, and I, I you know i go back to that conversation where you know he's he's training rand he seems to care about rand a little bit 
And the way Moraine puts it is that it's as if he's adopted some of Nynaeve's interests. You know, she's interested in keeping the boys safe. She's interested in helping them out. You know, I mean, ultimately, well, she wants to bring him back to Emmons Field. And that's, we'll get into sort of uh, her going through the Tirangrial later. But it's like, why all of a sudden is he shifted to caring a little bit more about Rand and trying to help him out? It's because of Nynaeve. It's it's because he's in love. And so she talks about making these arrangements, right? These arrangements Mm -hmm. for him later on. Yeah, like, you know, it, that she could pass his bond over to somebody else, right? And she, she mentions uh, Muriel of the of the Green Aja. Uh, you know, this is when Lan, Lan kind of gets upset a little bit here. But, um, you know, so that is, to my knowledge, I think that's the first time we see that a bond can be moved. It's not just a, a like a, a, con, a direct connection. Yeah, can, yeah, right. Right. So she, yeah, yeah, because she says she will compel him that she's going to use that that water bond um, to compel him to seek Morella out, and and then you know that bond will be passed over to her, yeah, yeah. for safekeeping. Because well, it so was, here, so here is obviously yeah. the thing to think about. Again, you know, I mean, this may totally happen. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know because uh, uh, you know this, <laughs> but I mean. It's just like, okay, hold on a second. So this chapter is about, you know, hey, the bond can be moved. The next chapter is a chapter in which Nynaeve is training to become an Aes Sedai. So now I'm like, I'm just sitting here being like, okay. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? This is pretty odd. I mean, (laughs) obviously lands bond. So do you have to die to lose a bond, though? How does that work? That's a great question. Is 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 that too spoiler territory or? No, I think it's no, I think you just I think it's a good question. I think, you know, um so that so there are several ways. I mean, again, Moraine right now can just pass that off if if okay. she wants to. She could pass the bond. Um if she dies, the like like it's it's mentioned earlier um that what a warder will do essentially, that they will be driven mad as well and and that they will almost want this they'll have this urge to to follow their Aes Sedai in death. You know, okay. and so Unless you do something like this to sort of, you know, set this up or whatever. Um, so, so knowing that these are dangerous times and also maybe sensing that land is, is having this conflict. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very interesting. It's definitely, it's definitely something as you're reading this, you go, there's some foreshadowing here for something. We don't really know what yet, but there's definitely something going on. And it's, it's interesting because she makes land mad actually here. He gets a little upset and he has to go outside um, with, uh, with JM and and uh train a little bit they got to do some sword play they got to you know work work it out uh so but yeah yeah this is sort of just this one chapter where she's kind of off doing doing this so i guess we can come back to that we can talk more about water bonds and stuff later too because we're going to get into gawain and galad a little bit later as well uh and and their journey you know at at the white tower trying to become warders but um yeah, so so we just got to table that for for right now, and we'll come back to it. Because the other thing that Moraine is is working on here is she's coming down to try to figure out what's happening with the prophecies of the dragon, and she's trying to learn more from these sisters who I think are Browns. Are they blue or brown? I, I actually mm, don't remember. I can't remember. I don't. I think it does say. I just I can't remember which which they were, but. But um, one of them I thought I thought was Brown because they're very much like they're very knowledgeable. They know like a lot. They know about books and resources and and texts. So 
Um, I'll go back and check and someone can fact check me on that and, and send us an email. But uh, yeah, so so she's checking up on this and uh, wondering if there's any connection between the Horn of Valir and the dragon. That's what she's trying to establish. Like, like just beyond, is there anything beyond it just being that the, that the, that the horn needs to be there at, at the last battle? Because, you know, Moraine knows we're, we're, that the horn has been lost at this point. She, that's what she knows. Uh, interesting that we now know that the horn has just been found. And now we're having a conversation about the horn in relation to the dragon. And, and Rand was just told by the Amarlin seat a few chapters back that he is the dragon reborn, according to her, to Suan and Moraine. Like, that's what they believe. And the only other person in the tower who's uttered that and, and really knows what they think about it would be a Varen. Uh, Varen, who is with Inktar right now and that group. So it's a small little group of people who who believe in this. And it's it's you can imagine that it's going to get a little bit larger. But yeah, she, she's trying to get more information on these prophecies and how is it that they're going to that they're going to play out. Is there a connection? Is there it basically with these prophecies, is there something we can learn from them that will help us in the war against the shadow that will help, you know, more rain, uh, help Rand or whoever better understand the prophecies and be prepared for them. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of interesting when they're talking about it and they're talking about, well, okay, in this prophecy, uh, it doesn't seem like it's as important in this one. It does, you know, and so they're, they're, they're kind of looking back over history, right. To see, um, which I, this is what I was finding kind of interesting is when they're talking about, you know, all of these things that you may or may not need, sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't. And so it's like, well, which one of these people actually knows what's going on? I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, hold on a second. So like, or is it, or is it just some big mess that they're just always constantly throughout history trying to piece together to try and find, this is what we ultimately need to do. Yeah. And, and so, you know, here's something, and this is, I, I, um, I, I hate to keep going back to like a Lord of the Rings reference, but I love, I've always loved the idea that, that Gandalf is searching through the scrolls and trying to figure out and learn stuff. And he's like a wizard, you know, he's this really powerful, you know, character and should know a lot. And now you have these um, Aes Sedai that are trying to figure out the prophecies. They're trying to interpret things that are from legends or that are from ages past. And a lot of the text had been destroyed. The prophecies that were made are so old. And and it's just, it's so hard to kind of, um, one, I mean, I think, I think Moraine says it in this chapter. She may say it later. But there are different interpretations of these things. You know, some think that this needs to happen first or that needs to happen first. Um, or, uh, like, like late, later on, I'm, I'm currently, I'm in book four, but I'm, I'm still reading in book three a little bit. And it's, it's just kind of funny when they talk about these prophecies, uh, even the main cast sort of disagree as to what they think they mean and what we should do and stuff. So it's, yeah, you're right. There's always that search as it's a riddle and we're trying to figure it out and, and how do we make it work? Um, so that's what Moraine is really doing. It, it feels like it's that chapter where she's, she's sneaking off by herself to gather more information. She's done, you know, what she can. Events are in motion, but now she's got to go acquire some more knowledge so she can go back into the main cast and 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 kind of elevate this a little bit. And it really does, it just it shows you a different side of Moraine. We've seen her as someone who seemingly has all of these answers and is withholding some knowledge. And and what she says, um, oh, when did she say this to, to well, that's later on. She's she says something to Perrin at some point 
um, about not being able to tell him everything she knows in one sitting, you know, like, cause they're almost, they sometimes you, you want to know everything right now, but right. It would take, it's going it to take, take a lifetime. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, uh, let's drive into chapter 23. So this is when Nynaeve is taking her test, right? So, um, you know, she shows up and she's explained, you know, what she, sh- what she should know for the test, how it goes. Um, and she's in a big, you know, she's in like a big room, right? Which is a remnant. It's a, the Terangrial, right? Which is a remnant mm-hmm, of yeah. the age of legends. Uh, there's a glowing, uh, faintly in the dark. Uh, it's got like three big arches and seems to be made out of like, like one piece. And Eve must walk through the arches three times and face her fears. She'll remember very little of her life in the real world. Once for what it was, once for what is, for once for what is and once for for what will be falter along the way and she will be put out of the tower and they kind of tell her that you know some people don't come back yeah yes for sure uh right so so this is a pretty um you you can actually get to this point as an accepted this is where i think we do slow down just a little bit and we talk about some of the rules here so you know when you get to the tower um like Egwene is going to be a novice so that's the the entry level but because Nynaeve is like a wilder and she's been channeling and she was a wisdom and out of respect you know for that and just that she's older um and more maybe a little bit further along uh even if she can't channel on command she she has and she does know how to so they've they're ready to elevate her to accepted um which by the way at the end of this i mean she will get then like a ring she gets the the great serpent ring um that will indicate that she, you know, is accepted. And, you know, next would be the Shaw, which would kind of indicate that she's an Aes Sedai. So that's sort of the the levels, novice, accepted, and then full, like Aes Sedai. And then beyond that, you have sitters and you have the Amarillan seat, uh, who is, who's basically in charge of everything and is, is running it and is elected and, and things. So, uh, yeah, so she's going through this accepted test that she has to pass. So it's facing your fears. It's facing what what was, what is, and what will be. And uh, the, the I think they say the the phrase that's repeated often, all like multiple times, is the way will come, but once be steadfast, right? So mm-hmm. or the way back. I'm sorry, the way back will come, but once be steadfast. So you go there, and essentially, uh, Sir Matt, you're like tempted, and you're facing fears and like you see possibilities perhaps and you need to i if if you don't i guess take the archway and leave you could be stuck there and you could never come back you know i mean you'll never be able to return so to me it's these i said either sending these women in to be tested and providing a way back out to them and you have to face that fear and then step away from it and have conquered it in a sense and, and go back to your order. Uh, so the, so the first one, she faces Agador, which is, which is crazy. And that's, so again, the indicator of, of the past. I mean, he was, uh, one of the forsaken that they faced in the eye of the world. Uh, so that was pretty interesting. And, you know, she, she steps in there and it's just, it's so ridiculous. I, I, I have to point this part out. <laughs> like she mm-hmm. steps in there, she's naked, he's naked. It's super weird. And she's fighting him. And it's just kind of, it's kind of interesting, but, uh, it, it just cracks me up. And, He's an evil dude. He's an evil dude. And and she does something that's kind of epic. What did you think? I mean, uh, Shiryam kind of says, 
when she comes out, uh, she learns that Nynaeve had channeled and that she remembered she could channel in the Tirangriol. Yeah. And she, that was she uses fascinating. lightning. She uses lightning. Yeah. Like you know, yeah, and against Aganar, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's right. super, you know, it's super cool. And I, I guess, you know, one of the mysteries of this is that, and we can talk about it, you know, again later in other chapters, and we'll we'll bring it back up, but the fact that she can use the power there that she does or that she remembers that she did, things like that seem to be these mysteries that Shiryama is sort of like, whoa, you know, don't, if you if you can avoid doing that, don't do it, you know, like that is maybe not a good thing. Um, and so you're like, what what does that even mean? So more on that later. But um, she then, so in this next test, she goes in... Um, and she goes back to Emmons Field and faces another wisdom, right? Somebody's taking her place. Yeah, exactly. And that's a that's a big fear too, because you know, she's left the village and she kind of left that life that she kind of had a responsibility for behind. Yes. I mean, yeah, yes. she's responsible for Rand and those guys, but she did also promise, you know, to to watch over the village and take care of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, she did. She did. And and so she um that, that's the big transition. That is something she does need to let go of. And it's through the character of Egwene that you often see, like she has to come to this realization that she is no longer a wisdom and that she is um, on this different path and she's she's headed in a different direction and needs to shift. She needs to change and she needs to develop beyond that. So this is her going back and facing that and seeing maybe potentially... Um, what could happen if she does not return? You know, she could either return and face this and go back and be wisdom and take care of Emmons Field and, and that's it. Uh, or or she has to come back here and be full Aes Sedai, you know, work towards that goal and and work towards fighting the shadow. So so what what, what is she going to choose? And this this one is tough for her because she sees people suffering. She sees that um, this new wisdom is a bully, poisoning, possibly even threatening to kill people. So that's wild. Like the like the women's circle just it's it's they are afraid of this new wisdom. And that's not good because Nynaeve cared so much about that position and 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 the respect for that position and and uh, you know, she was extremely professional and she was always just trying to do what was best and and really did care for those people. Um and I I don't think we mentioned that enough actually that she was very much invested so much so that she leaves and she is going to track down you know, Rand, Matt, and Perrin, and bring them back. And Egwene, she was close with as well. And that's sort of what starts all of this, is that she feels this responsibility to take care of them and to protect those people, because she is wisdom. Right, so, so do we do we find out at some point who has taken her place? I mean, obviously this is, I mean, I'm assuming this is more than, is this just a vision, or is this is that actually happening in Edmund's that's field? The, yeah, that, and that, isn't that the question, right? So this is what is um, and so we'll, we will come to that later. Uh, we are, uh, well, okay. I, you know, with that, I mean, I think you can imagine we're going to go back to two, to, to the two rivers eventually in this huge series. Right. <laughs> uh, and we will learn about the state there and, and these fears, I'll say this are real. So they are real fears, but they are Nynaeve's fears. Exactly. Yeah. You know? They're Nynaeve. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I, I mean. Yeah. It's, it's obviously yeah. it's. It's scenarios. Right. So, so it's is scena- it real? Is it, yeah. It's scenarios in her mind. I mean, this, this, this isn't like an actual person that is in Edmondsfield right now, like doing these things. Yeah, yeah, and that's sort of, um, well, yeah. So we go on to the next one. Actually, that's 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 a 
I guess with that in mind and thinking about like, is this real? Because everyone who goes through this comes out and they're so upset. We know, you know, Nynaeve will be crying and will be weeping and will be upset. And it's, it's almost like curse the Aes Sedai for even putting me through this um, because it is, I mean, to them, it is, it is like, that is a, like your fear that is real to you. It is very real. And so when, when you're there, um, yeah, you're facing it. And it is literally, it makes it almost tangible right there. You can taste it, smell it, see it, and you can confront it. Uh, but then, you know, you have to leave those behind and go beyond your, your fears. So when she uh, goes to what will be, this one's tough. This is the toughest thing, I think, yeah. for her. Um, yeah. But, but it's, it's weird. Like, she, ha- she almost seems to handle it much better. But it, it definitely has a major effect on her throughout the series. Yeah, she sees basically her life with Lan, right? A, li- yeah. a life with Lan where they're married. And she has to, you know, say this isn't real, right? This isn't, this isn't real. It's hard. It's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. It is. And so like, that's, that's, this is what's why it's a test. You know, it's why it is, it is the, the, this test. And, um, I think one, you, you truly do when you go through this, they know themselves much better and they are more self-aware of their strengths, their weaknesses, what could potentially hold them back. And, so that is now known to Nynaeve. And so she'll go there. And one of the things that she does that's odd, that is different from what other um, other accepted and even Aes Sedai or, you know, who were uh, accepted and went through this process d- did is that she like lets Land know this is not real, that it's okay. She's like reassuring him that it's okay. And in, in, in a weird way, she's, she's kind of grown and she seems to, it's still tearing her up, but yet it's what's helping her get through this. You right. Know? So, so yeah. Um, huh. So yeah, that was a tough one. That, that, that was, that was interesting. And for us too, now we're looking at this going, Oh my, my gosh. And, and actually any character who goes through this going forward, the world of possibility and the what if scenarios and the, you know, those fears, because that's essentially we're getting, you know, this insight to the character um, who has a fear and that fear, if acted upon, like, could be an eventuality. It could be a part of reality. I mean, it's it's like, you know, uh, something that we, we kind of get a glimpse into the what if. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of seeing this is this is something that could have happened or uh, could potentially happen and things. So it's cool. It's it's a neat way to do storytelling, and I, I really like it. But, yeah, Nynaeve is, uh, she's definitely frustrated. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and at the end, um, so the Omerland, just to, to mention that at the end, she is now you know, Nynaeve Almera accepted of the White Tower. She gets, like, they, they wash her, and she, she rises and accepted, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Chapter 24, Egwene meets Elaine, Gawain, Galad, and Min. So this is, so we just went through Nynaeve's kind of, you know, big day there. Uh, this is Egwene's first day as a novice, um, you know, and so she's, you know, walking around, she's kind of meeting people where uh, she runs into Elaine and they kind of start to have a conversation. They talk a little bit about like training and and channeling uh, and Rand. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is yeah. the, when they when they get to Rand, it's pretty funny. You know, like they 
Uh, it's just so funny because the, the line, right? Like, well, Rand seems to talk to a lot of girls, right? I mean, like, yes, yeah, yes, it's kind of, uh, is kind of yeah. a line that gets thrown around. They talk about, you know, oh, I think we'll be good friends. Um, uh, Gwen has, uh, when she's talking to Elaine, she's, you know, she's in a way trying to act like modest, right? You know, about like, oh, you know, well, I, I've channeled a little bit, you know, just like kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're not supposed to, right? And she sees her kind of embrace the source, and it's like, what? You know, that's pretty cool. Right. Uh, but you're right, but you're right. You know, Elaine does say, uh, she's asking, um, you know, she actually, what well, she states, you are from the two rivers, from Emmons Field. Do you know a boy named Rand Althor? <laughs> and it's cool, because you remember back in the first book, uh, they didn't believe that Rand had had actually ran into Queen Morghese mm-hmm. and the daughter heir. Like they didn't believe it. Um, and so now she's sort of like, "Wow, Rand was telling the truth. <laughs> like he really did." Uh, and that's where, as you say, it's kind of funny. He does bump into a lot of people. Isn't that interesting? You know that he bumps into all these these uh, these people who have either special abilities or who are uh, pretty important. And yeah, it's it's. Uh, it, it, but but you know what though there's such a good blend of that too because he bumps into farmers and and what's funny is he, he like he runs across a farmer's daughter who shows up then later at the tower you know and things mm-hmm. like that and you're just sort of like wait what you know so yeah that's something to pay attention to but but yeah they become good friends right I mean they're they're gonna be they've decided that they are going to be friends and and she's being shown around by Elaine um and, and just a quick uh, reminder to everyone and I know um, for for those of you who, with if you've been reading for a while or or if this is your first read, um, Andor has like a special relationship with the White Tower. And through history, they have kept this um, this tradition where the daughter heir will go train at the White Tower. And even if it's just to sort of learn their ways, even if there's not really any ability there to channel or not much, they will still go. And it's this respect because they are... They openly have an Aes Sedai advisor there inside their court system. Um, they say that most rulers do have an Aes Sedai advisor, but, uh, you know, Camelin is very much like, yeah, we, we, um, we have one and we send the next queen to train. Uh, within the, in this chapter, we learn that her brothers go um, there to train as well and, and potentially be, you know, a warder. Uh, if you will. So Gawain and Galad. Yeah. Which are, which are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so then uh, things take, things get a little crazy because we run into a low gain. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Every time you know, we actually have a, again, I keep mentioning the YouTube, but we have a, a cool YouTube video coming out where it's just sort of like, I think the show's doing something different with low gain and they're, they're going to up, uh, up sort of his level of involvement. I, I, I we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, we we run across him here in the tower, and he has recently been gentled, and so again, he's not really guarded. He's being walked around by two accepted. You know, before we saw him almost like throwing his head back and laughing. You know, and seeing what or what was he shown? What did he know uh, as he's being escorted into Camelin? Uh, and then and then he goes and he's severed from the the source. He's he's unable to channel. He's been cut off, and that can cause you to go into this depression. Uh, it, it can cause you to some of them want to take their own lives. It's they don't feel like continuing to live anymore. It's not it's not a good thing. It's very bad, and be, because they become so used to whether it's to well to to Saeedine. Um 
so so yeah, they, with with women with other Aes Sedai, they they would call it being stilled, and uh, we can talk more about that later. But it's mentioned; it's actually been mentioned already um, at least once, and just in the histories and stuff. So there's potential for that. But yeah, so we see this false dragon walking through, and you know, what'd you think? I mean, was that a surprise to see him? Oh, absolutely, totally a surprise uh, to see because Logan's a big deal, right? I mean, he was he, he's a you know was proclaiming to be the dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Uh, and, and he had the ability to channel, which which is cool. A lot. Some of those false dragons um, are not able to channel and they just are, are proclaiming themselves and maybe they've done one or two great feats or something and they're getting followers. But the ones who can channel are a pretty big deal. And so. So, yeah, yeah, we, we, we run across him and that's um we get the characters kind of thinking about him and at least we know where he's at now. We know he's at the tower. He's still alive and he's, he's walking around there. So we'll yeah, see who else. Bumps into lot, him. We haven't seen him for a while. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, uh, next up though, we kind of get to know, uh, Gawain and Galad a little mm-hmm. bit better. Um, so I, yeah, you've, you, I mean, you've figured out, right. That essentially they share a, a father, right. That they share the same father. Um, that they that they're half siblings right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 and elaine seems kind of indifferent to them right uh which is kind of it's kind of interesting uh yeah i mean she she's closer with her with her brother um gawain right right um they're, they're they're super close and he's sort of you know um they both have the same uh mother and 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 father and stuff so uh yeah it, it's just interesting i think to like these two are there training to be warders. Galad is super handsome and, and everyone, you know, once, I mean, it's it, as soon as he walks into a room, I mean, people are just ready to, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know, but like, like he's getting a lot of looks, right? Is that, is that a good way to say it? Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a fine way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, and then Gawain though, you like, he's a likable guy. He seems to have a sense of humor and, and he seems, um, Someone who Elaine kind of confides in a little bit more, um, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. They're they're interesting and and Gawain Egwene, yeah. Ga- yeah. Gawain, uh, you know, I like I like when Gawain is talking about Rand, right? Talking about like, oh man, he's he's so he runs into so many people, you almost might think he's Tavirin, uh, you know. And Egwene's <laughs> like, well, I mean, <laughs> right, right, yes, yeah. Um, no, that's funny. Yeah, uh, so. Yeah, that he might be Tavirin. I was trying to find real quick. I'm trying to track down here, make sure I actually got their family history right. Uh, yeah, I'll come back to that in a second, just because it is interesting to see how they're all related and and right. and and connected. So, right, right, and then and then we then we move to men a little bit, right, where they start talking to men, um, and you know, Elaine says some interesting things about what men has told her, right. That she would share her husband with two, with two other women and, you know, just a lot of, just a lot of different things. So, um, and men, you know, it's kind of like, I, you know, I can, I can see things and they're kind of studying me because of that. So here's a character who I guess is maybe doing something other than kind of channeling, but she also has, uh, dreams, prophecies of the future. We met her back in, in book one. Um, and you know, Egwene uh, uh, also kind of have has dreams. So that is, it's kind of, it's kind of tricky, really, to kind of put all these 
powers and abilities. It's almost like we need we need to make a spreadsheet or something. Somebody, yeah. Some I'm sure it, I'm sure it exists where somebody's like, okay, well this person is so it's like Rand. Rand is the Dragon Reborn. Oh, Rand is also Taviran, which is like separate, <laughs> but it's you know. It's like, oh my gosh, hold on a second here. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a lot to keep track of. Yeah, so Min is, and it, it can be confusing too because she's at the tower, um, but yet she's not Aes Sedai. Her power or whatever her ability is, it seems to be something that even predates uh, the Age of Legends. Like it's not really, and it, her power doesn't even seem to, to stem from the, um, you know, like the one power, right? So Saidar right. or Saidin. So that's... Um, Interesting, I think, to the Aes Sedai. Now, I just wanted to back up here real quick. So I wanted to get this right. So uh, Gawain uh, Trakan and Elaine Trakan, their mother is Morgay's Trakan. Uh, she is she is the queen, and and so those two are you know full blooded siblings. Um, Tarangale Damadred is their father, and he is also the father to Galad. So I just wanted to get that straight. So that is sort of their half brother. Um, Galad has a different mother and, and that's, that's part of, um, history. And that's something that you'll hear about. Like Elaine keeps mentioning it, right? So she keeps mentioning that he's not my brother. And she says that a lot about Galad. She doesn't like him. So I just wanted to point that out to everyone and, and kind of try to keep that straight in my head because it doesn't, it's something that gets addressed later, but I always kind of forget about it. And I kind of forget about the, the connections and, and how, how really it, I got to stop there because it's really interesting connections later on. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. But anyways, yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, that's that. Just to clear that up. And then Min, yeah, as you say, cool character, and she's she's back, and that was that was kind of cool because last time we saw her was Barillon, and and wasn't much, right? So, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on to chapter twenty five. So this is where Rand arrives in Kyrian and discovers Tom is alive and performing there. Thank the light. So you know, I mean. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, Moraine keeps saying he's not, you know, that he wasn't dead. Rand didn't believe it. And so people, you know, people keep saying, I mean, where were we at in in book one? Um, it was where we met Loyal, right? Yeah, in Camelin, yeah. Mm-hmm. In Camelin, yeah, in Camelin. And, and he's at the, he's at the, in there or whatever, where there's the library, right right before he meets Loyal and the, the guy knew the the guy knew their new Tom Marilyn was like, well, I'll believe it. When yeah, I Master Gill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No one really did believe that he was dead. I mean, Moraine, especially. Um, it's even during that time. She's not so sure because they're learning about uh, Rand and Matt's adventure, uh, learning about what happened. Um, you know, in Four Kings and different places and and stuff. So, so yeah. But yeah, he. I mean, I mean, crazy, right? I mean, he's he's alive. We're we're in Kyrian. Um, this is another big city, and so I don't want to uh, you know, miss. I guess that it's it's just east of northeast, I think, of Camelin. I have to maybe I, I need like a map in front of me sometimes, but I'm pretty sure uh, that's where it's at. And it's a fascinating uh, city. It's it's interesting. It's uh, it's got a strict layout, right? It's got these um, city walls that that form almost like a perfect square. So when you think of that, you can think of it. This is like the square, the square city, and um, Rand is is there and and he's he's basically they're hoping that Inktar and the others will keep heading this direction and they're going to keep checking back at the foregate to kind of make sure to to see if um if they arrive and maybe they'll hear word of them arriving and then they can kind of get together and decide what do we do because they have the horn uh Selene is gone and they enter Kyrian and now Rand when he goes out and he's exploring and he's he's learning more 
I mean, he is full on, doesn't even know it. He's in Deus de Mar. He's in the great game. Um, the Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones. He's in the game. <laughs> it's totally, it's totally what it is. Yeah. So, so yeah, which is, which is, which is crazy. He's getting these letters sent to him. He's getting all this attention. That is, that is just he doesn't know what to do uh, with. Right. So it's but, funny when it's funny later when Loyal is explaining it to him, right? And then, or like when Loyal's talking, and, and the, or the guy, the guy kind of explaining the the game mm-hmm. to him, and then Loyal's kind of there. Like, and it's kind of like, well, if you decide to do this, then, you know, like people will take notice. And if you don't decide to do it, people will take notice. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, my. Rand wants no part of this. Yeah, that's that's funny. So even- much like Eddard Stark. I mean, he's very, right? very similar in that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he, he basically says, I'm not going to play the game. And then some people will say, oh, my gosh, he's a master at this game. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, no, he, he truly just doesn't want to play the game. Um, but right. the fact that he won't play it and seems to be not biting at any of this smaller fish bait that's coming in his way, he's not playing the game, but he's playing the game, you know? And it's just, it's I don't know, it just fascinates me that he <laughs> he's not even trying. And and they're just like, what is his, no, like a, not, a no response right. means what he's not even a lord i mean it's like yeah. the most it's like it's funny every time somebody calls him lord rand i kind of chuckle a little bit right because he's like ah, it's not a lord but everyone just kind of ooh thinks he is and right it's like really yeah but uh i mean the crazy thing right in this chapter is so he's in he's in the foregate and there's all this stuff going on in the streets right um and you hear you know and people are reciting the the great hunt of the horn story um, and so he's kind of starting to think about Tom a little bit and then he hears a voice retelling it and he kind of lo- moves a little <laughs> bit closer and he sees that it is Tom. It's Tom. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. And, and that he's just, he's just, you know, so overjoyed and, and stuff. Um, yeah. And so, so what happened? I mean, what did Tom do? Did, what, did he feel like the, like, could he not catch up with them? I mean, you know, like, does he just think they're better off without him? Um, what type of life is Tom trying to live here? Is he just trying to get away? Uh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. I mean, he has a limp now. He, yeah, he, he, his leg, his leg hurt it. Um, he, you know, he tells tells Rand kind of motions to the door right now uh, when Rand's when Rand's looking at him and he, and he sees him and they kind of catch up and Rand says, you know, I wanted to come back for you and Tom says, like, you know, glad you didn't, uh, because you know you would have died. Um, so the fade went on after you guys, you know, or just started searching again it didn't really want anything to do with me um so then he wants to know if Rand still has his his harp and his flute uh tom you know then uh goes back up and then you know not, it kind of just go, moves into the into into the next chapter here chapter 27 or excuse me chapter 26 where rand visits tom and tells him a little of the prophecies of the dragon so rand kind of hurries back um tells loyal that tom's alive and that he's here uh, Loyal wants to meet him and Rand suggests that, you know, hey, let's let's go see him. Um, uh, and then so they end up they end up they end up going. Right. And then they they kind of see Tom's got this woman with him now, Dana. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Rand, you know, gives him back his flute and stuff like that. And they start, then, then they start talking a little bit um, and they tell him that they have the Horn of Lear. Yeah. And like Tom doesn't even believe him. No, <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, it's just sort of like, wait, what? You know, I mean, that's a big sort of let me drop this on you here. Tom, we got it. I mean, like you're downstairs talking about this and these great heroes. I mean, this is the story to tell. Like you you could be that's right. that's what Tom lives for. You know, these this storytelling and and singing and entertaining and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, come along. I mean, we've got it. You know, I'm I'm essentially uh, like a, a 
the the hunt for the horn is over. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But but yeah, so and, and he, he is fascinated too. Like he, Tom is is again, and we talked about this in regards to the TV show. Like who would be narrating? Would we get like who would be talking about the prophecies? And Moraine is brought up a lot, but Tom Marilyn is also someone who I think could tell us about the dragon and who could tell us about prophecy because he here does tell Rand about two sections of the you know prophecy and uh, I think it's I think it's interesting so uh twice and twice shall he be marked twice to live twice to die once the heron to set his path twice the heron to name him true once the dragon for remembrance lost twice the dragon for the price he must pay um so yeah he kind of goes over what he knows of these prophecies and this will stick with Rand and it's sort of the first time I think he's really he wants to know more about these prophecies and he he trusts Tom to tell him what they are and not really manipulate him in any way he just wants a straightforward sort of answer you know what are they and then he's going to try to sort through this on his own and and think about what it could mean and what maybe if he is I mean I think he's still trying to he's in denial he's trying to say no I'm not the dragon so let me find ways to disprove this, you know, um, or let me watch for the signs. And if they start to happen, then, OK, I'm going to start taking this a little bit more serious, you know, that type of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, it's just funny, though, right, because when Tom doesn't even when Tom doesn't even believe him. Right. He's like, I can take you to three men who will sell you the horn. Right. And so, yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, I think Tom immediately kind of realizes, you know, he, they had kind of known he had kind of, I think. I mean, you've seen a little bit, you know, these, this, I said, I want something with Rand, but now it's like, okay, hold on a second here. These, these guys claim they got the horn of Valir, like all this stuff's going on. I, I, you know, I mean, again, I think he's starting to realize, you know, there's definitely uh, something to it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, and so, so Tom's intrigued. Rand is also intrigued because he's learning you know, one. He's happy that Tom is here and he's learning about the, the prophecies. And then Tom's learning about the horn Moraine's validating it, saying that yes, it it is the horn, and and we were sent from Faldara to to track it down. It was stolen, and we got it back. Um, so so yeah, that's that's interesting. And I have to mention too, you know, uh, Rand when it's mentioned about being um, once the heron to set his path, you know, like that it would mark him, that he would be marked twice. He shoves his hand down his pocket, right, because he's got this branded heron mark on his hand, and he's sort of like, oh, you know, shoot. Uh, <laughs> Don't want anybody to know about that. So, so yeah, that that that, that whole chapter is is very interesting. Um, th- there's the 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 innkeeper also kind of comes up and and says is telling, um, well, kind of confronts Tom a little bit about him being back in the great game. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" Right? I mean, th- it doesn't really know where where this is coming from. And you find, and he's finding out that oh boy, Rand, Lord Rand, is caught up in Deastamar. And is and is and is and <laughs> it's, like it's so ridiculous. It's so it is just like he doesn't know what he's doing. I know for a fact he doesn't know what he's doing. He, he, you know, this is this is crazy. Um, and so there's a game being made out of nothing. So, so I think that is another thing. It's going to kind of maybe help him want to 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 help, or I'm sorry, you know, kind of push him towards helping Rand. Although uh, Dana, though, is that's I mean, he's he, he you know. He's training. He's helping. He's 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 with uh, this this girl who he loves. And for mm-hmm. some, and I think it's the innkeeper says something like, you know, for some unknown reason, she she is infatuated infatuated with Tom and, and loves him. I know why. Uh, he's fantastic. You know, he's Tom Marilyn. He's he's great. Uh, but 
yeah, so so that um, that that's where we're at with Tom. I guess we'll leave it there for now. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay, chapter twenty-seven. Trying to avoid Trollocs, Rand and Loyal accidentally destroy an Illuminator's chapter house. Yeah, and and I so before this too, it's important to remember to to remember, I guess, at the foregate that um, Rand is is also going back there and checking for Inktar and looking for the Lady Celine. So that's something too. He's he's still kind of searching and looking for people in this city and, and putting it out that he's looking for someone. Now all that information then is also getting circled back to the great players of the game, and they are interpreting that however they will. And 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 again, he's an odd company, and he's waiting for you know Shinarans to show up and Lord Inktar and uh, I'm sorry Inktar, and uh, it's just like it's like wow. So but yeah, like as he's as he's going about all of that business, um. There is there's a lot of people in the streets. Again, this is a massive city. I think this is as big as, uh, if maybe not as big as, but but close to uh, the size of Camelin. And I gotta I gotta go check and see just you know size of city, but it's a big city, and there are people everywhere. Um, at one point, there is sort of a um, the the Trollocs are. It it looks like they're. How, how would you describe this? They're on like these poles, and mm-hmm. they're. Um, it's as if it's a parade, and it looks like it's it's supposed to be a fake Trolloc, but Rand notices it's too real. <laughs> right. Uh, it, it, it makes yeah, you, like a like yeah. a, not like a statue, but yeah, like a the, yeah. I, I know I know what you mean. Yeah. So there's these performers, and they have sort of like a puppet version of a Trolloc, is what it's supposed right. to be. Uh, but the funny thing is, it's a really it's a darn good puppet, right? Um, because it, it makes you think of the two rivers and the people there who didn't believe in Trolloc. Trollocs aren't real, you know. Like that. Like that's the, like. They could see one that look that was, I don't know, maybe doctored up in some way, and think, "Well, that's scary," but that's not. If it doesn't move and it's and it's pretending to be still and to be a puppet, well, I mean, it's scary, but Trollocs aren't. You know, it's not gonna. The fact that it would animate and then be alive and walking around would just be, not, like, not believable to them. So, uh, but this one definitely does. There, there's uh, he is attacked here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Rand staring at the Trolloc, you know, the, then the void surrounds him before his hand touches his hilt, right? Uh-huh. Sidine shown in his mind, beckoning, sickening. With an effort, he made the void vanish and licked his lips. Without the emptiness, fear crawled on his skin. You know, loyal, we have to get back to the inn Hurons alone. And they, he grunted as he was lifted up in the air by a thick arm long enough to pin both of his to his chest, right? You know, it seizes him, you know, loyal you know hold on rand hold on um uh, and then you know he he kind of ran shaken from side to side uh as ogier and trollic struggled abruptly he fell free staggering he took two steps to get clear and turn back with a sword raised you know but loyal had it by the wrist and forearm uh the trollic kind of kind of snarls uh and then um throwing its head back in efforts to catch loyal with a tusk their boots scuffled across the dirt of the street so we got loyal and this trolley going toe to toe yeah <laughs> and then you know loyal snaps his own arm around its neck hugging the creature close the top the trolley cr- clawed at its sword the scythe like blade um you know and then rand's kind of thinking the power that could do it how did he how did he he did not know but he knew he had to try um but he doesn't want to, you know, hurt it. Use his blade because he could get, he could hit loyal. That's right. right. Yep. So yeah. So Rand kind of forms the void. Sadine shines at him. 
you know, there's nothing there. The taint slid off of him, uh, soiling him, but there was no flow of light inside him. With a sudden heave, Loyal threw the trollic aside so hard that the thing cartwheeled against the side of a building. It struck headfirst with a loud crack and slid down the wall to lie with its neck twisted at an impossible angle. Loyal stood staring at it, his chest heaving. Yeah, I mean that's that loyal. Oh, yeah. Gosh, he 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 he. I never killed before, Rand. <laughs> <laughs> I told you before we started. I said, man, that I mean that's a, that's a spot right there. Th- these characters they they note their first kill or their for their first sort of like, you know, um, oh, it's it's a situation where they've left innocence right, and they've they've now right. really, um, they're in this for real. So. I don't and know. You feel bad for Loyal. You know, Loyal's just, he's a nice guy. Just kind of, you know, kind oh, yeah. of nerd. I mean, even though he's a big giant ogier, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, that's crazy. And so what what they have to do, um, I think, you know, Celine shows up, right? I mean, she, so she's with them and they, they end up kind of sneaking into this um, Illuminators, like, um, uh, I guess it's their, what is their house, storeroom and, and, and things. So you they sneak in there. And this, Rand didn't know this. Uh, Loyal knows. So they thought it was like some Lord's Manor, uh, like a manor house or something. And when he goes in there, it's a heavily guarded secret. I mean, they're not, like it's, it's uh, like the Illuminators are kind of arguing about locking the doors and there's Trollocs and they're sneaking around and stuff. And th- these, essentially it's, it's like um, fireworks, you know, knowing how to like explosions and stuff like that and create uh, these things. So that's like a, a highly guarded secret among this guild. And the fact that they're in there, they're going to get in big trouble if, if they're not careful. And so, yeah, long story short, they kind of navigate their way out of there. And um, Selena, again, gone. You know, she's just always showing up and disappearing and doing her own thing. So they then decide like it's time to go back to um, back to the inn where they were staying and 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 check in there because if they were attract uh, attacked by by uh trollocs they're kind of worried that huron has been there and he's i mean you know if anybody was tracking them and knew where they were staying that's where you'd go attack right i mean that's something you're uh that like the horn is there so yeah absolutely we're gonna lose it again if, if we don't get back there and, and, and check in on this yeah abs- yeah absolutely i mean and then it will be the great hunt because we'll just be going back and forth right yeah exactly exactly so um, so yeah, yeah, there, there we go. And at the end, he's just wishing, he's hoping again that, that Inktar will come and that someone else will handle this and like, let's go. I mean, you know, he's waiting for his friends to show back up, um, because he has the dagger. The big thing is he wants to give that to Matt and then let Matt do whatever, let him tangle with Aes Sedai. Rand wants nothing more to do with this. He wants to move on and, and go be alone and, and get away from his friends and not do harm to the world. So uh yeah that's his whole that's his whole goal here and uh but he's being attacked and, and he's got to he's got to get back to make sure at least that the dagger and the horn are safe um before more trollocs or someone else shows up so absolutely all right as do we have uh are we still calling it uh yeah you know what i found out you know what i found out is it is it a pigeon is i found a, out they also it? use pigeons too and i was just sort of like okay. like pigeon carriers and stuff and i mean there's other things that i could say that they do to pass messages that are it's it's later in the series and it's spoilers so i'm not gonna say it but like yeah i don't say uh, that. Yeah, yeah 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 no 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 we're good we're good no so we're good um and actually one thing i'm going to you know talk to folks about in our um in the extended edition so i think gosh 
Um, we could talk a little bit more about Deus Damar and maybe some of the uh, lords and, and some of the individuals who are in Kyrian and what's what's really maybe going on there, where that's where that's headed and how important it is. Maybe some of the history of Kyrian too. I think that might be interesting for folks. So we can do that. And then and then as we're there um, in extend, extended edition, we can kind of talk about, share some of the things that we're doing on YouTube. And and, and also we're going to ask for participation from folks as well in, in some of that and, 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 and kind of go from there. So um, yeah, and as a part of that participation, always feel free to send us an email at thehornofvalier.com. Um, at gmail.com, whether it's about the chapter or if it's about, you know, um, the TV show or anything you want to talk about. It doesn't always have to be about the chapter. It can, it can or the chapters, I should say. Um, it can be, you know, something that we covered in the first book, or if you're just catching up, or you're just getting in, you want us to go back and look at a topic. That's the whole idea. We're trying to examine the series and get, get more familiar with it and understand it and enjoy it more. So uh, feel free to send those in. Absolutely. All right. Well, as with that being said, we want to thank you for answering the call. In our next episode, we will be discussing The Great Hunt, chapters 28 through 34. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a message at thehornofvalier at gmail.com. We will see you soon, and remember that the grave is no bar to our call. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.